0: What's going on, Trophy Kids? we got an awesome one here for you. We are breaking down this week's College Hoops games after going 8-3 and three last week in our bets. Not so good in our brackets, but we talk about all that. We break down every game. Give out a couple bets we're making early week. It's a good one. Let's go. Welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is March 23rd. We are back for the Sweet 16 Round Podcast. I have Dante on the line here today. How are you doing, good sir? I mean, as long as I don't look at my bracket, I'm fine. <laughs> Dude, it's been, yeah. from a bracket standpoint, an absolute nightmare. From a betting standpoint, the Trophy Kids podcast, not doing too shabby. We uh, were, not- well, I should say I, was 8-3 and three through the week. So, pretty solid rate. I mean... The Virginia Tech one was a big miss, big misread on my part, and then some other ones like Michigan. Oh, I didn't give Michigan State out, did I? No, I live bet that, uh, which was yeah, you but. live bet that. That was in the chat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: not nah, uh, great about that. Yeah, yeah, I made a couple. I made a couple dollars this
0: weekend on some uh some gut bets. I mean, it's the best. This I was thinking there, random Nate thought I was sitting there on Friday. A little hungover from St. Paddy's Day and that Thursday of games, thinking like, man, this is peak human form right now. Like, this is the golden age. I'm sitting here on Friday doing work on my laptop, watching games with a corned beef sandwich. Like, this is, I have peaked as a human. Like, this is, like, thank God I wasn't born in the 1800s, and I can watch this. Like, this is fantastic. It's the greatest week of the year. I mean, you still could have had the corned beef, but no basketball. Yeah, t- true. And manual yeah. labor. I'm sitting in my house on my computer, watching, <laughs> doing work, watching games in the middle of the day. It's perfect. Like it's it's the goal Like we've made it to the golden age of human existence right now.
1: Before we jump into the Sweet Sixteen, I, I want to make a disclaimer. Um, games that uh, I called wrong that were like two point or three point games, those aren't wrong. Those are toss ups. No, I just want I just I just want to put that out there. <laughs> Games that I got completely wrong, like Kentucky. Oh, uh, let's talk yeah, about you, them.
0: That's a good place oh to start God. for this past week. <laughs> let's talk about Kentucky, which I did have a future on. I was very hot, as we all know. Um, My national. I mean, you kind of
1: convinced me. Remember, I was like, I'm yeah. not going to pick Kentucky because
0: it was too sexy. Also, who saw St. Peter? The school has a budget of $1.3 million. They couldn't even fly their cheerleaders out to the game. They've got, from what I heard, rumor is they have coaches that are volunteers on that staff for assistance because they can't afford to pay them. They have not a single ranked kid coming out of high school on that roster, and they beat Kentucky. Like, what are we doing here? (laughs) I know this is the tournament and teams come out of nowhere, but just this is why March—this tournament— Out of all and they beat they beat the whole state of Kentucky. Correct, they own the state of Kentucky now. New Jersey City (laughs) owns Kentucky. Um, The North has won again. Apparently, Um, this is March Madness is so great because I can't think of another. Like I was trying to think about it. What is another sports product that every single year delivers? Because March Madness delivers every single year, and this was one of many upsets. But the fact that this even happened is crazy.
1: That's why you're trying to recreate that with the. Expanding the college football playoffs, right? Is you're trying to create some sort of atmosphere like this? Have you a a, a St. Pete out there? St. Peter's out there um, as a eight seed or whatever we decide it's going to be. I think it's, it'll be less in college because it'll still be probably a power five, or even mm-hmm. if it is a group of six school, it'll be a group of six school that you you know, you can't recreate what's happening with St. Peter's, and I don't think in any other sport.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I don't think so either. It's in, it's awesome. They hit the lottery, um, the NCAA basketball when they created this tournament. It's fantastic. Um, one of many upsets. I mean, my bracket is a disaster. Kentucky's a disaster, um, <laughs> to say the least. I will say I got the pick wrong, because I had the Zags losing this round. Or I no, sorry, I had the pick right. The bet was perfect. But let's talk about Memphis real quick in the UConn game. Yep. Does that not sort of, one, I think highlight exactly what we've been saying about this Gonzaga team and their potential flaws, but two, lay a blueprint for a lot of teams moving forward, a.k.a. Texas Tech or Duke that comes out of here, on how to beat this Gonzaga team? Because I put that bet out there. It was my biggest play of the week. It was a four-unit play. I did the TikTok video, which, disclaimer, if I do a TikTok video for a bet, that's like my strongest bet of the week moving forward and all going forward in betting. Follow um, us on TikTok. Yeah, so follow us on TikTok here, um, at the Trophy Kid um, on TikTok as well. There, but does that not lay the blueprint moving forward when you're playing the exacts? Because Memphis did exactly what we said they do: to, play tough down low and put it on the guards. I think I don't think
1: Gonz- if Gonzaga makes it to Texas to face Texas Tech, and if Texas Tech makes it, right, uh, or I'm sorry, Gonzaga will. Um, no, they'll because they're gonna play Arkansas, right? Yeah, yeah. The, I, I think Texas Tech is a, that game may be a blowout. Yeah, <laughs> I had them losing. but that they, gotta get, they gotta get past Arkansas, which again might be a bad matchup for Gonzaga. Um, Memphis, uh, really outplayed Gonzaga, Gonzaga, um, in a few things. They got in foul trouble, is what happened to Memphis. Then they had the I don't know what they were thinking with running players out there with four, that was bad coaching. Correct, uh, that was. That's what that Penny. I don't know what Penny was thinking. But that was bad coaching. Um, and at, for a little while they were beating Gonzaga down low, and then uh, you could see the coaching adjustments made by Gonzaga to make sure that they were getting more uh, points in the paint, but also rebounding better because Memphis was all over the glass,
0: all over them, and that was something we talked about: big physical men down low. That was where they're going to have an issue. Um, and that's kind of the recipe. And I, I want to get a little bit more into this game. Um, so let's talk about this one. This will be the first game we kind of talk about here. Gonzaga versus Arkansas is the matchup mm-hmm. for this round. We, Where do you see this sort of playing out? How do you see this game going? Because I look at it, I'm always kind of looking at it from a gambling perspective um the line is at nine and a half which is a big line Gonzaga's Zags are favorite over under 55 and a half because I look at this game and the Zags outside of Timmy just going god mode on Memphis that is a potentially usable game can Arkansas kind of create that recipe again and really turn it on the Zags here so Arkansas likes to get out and run. Um JD has scored
1: more points in the tournament than I think anybody else has. Um oh, it, so I think if Arkansas can get up early, like get, build a lead of 10 or 8, they they would be able to sustain that lead, you know, maybe get down to 6 or 4 but sustain that lead. I think if you play if Arkansas decides to play a close game or what happened to Memphis in that game If Gonzaga makes Arkansas play Their game then I think it'll be another Close game but I think Gonzaga ultimately Pulls it out I think a lot and so I'm Not the betting person so Just let just me so know that but I think a line Of nine is a lot for Gonzaga
0: I would agree I, I think it's a pretty big line For a team that has some holes Um and the holes that we've highlighted Perfectly when for example Chet down low Great <laughs> college player but the thing we were saying is, if you get physical, and he played great defense in that game, but when you get physical with him, it starts to fall apart. You can push him around. You can yeah. push him around, and Timmy. But then they changed the game up for him, right? Then they started
1: having him step back and using the hook, right? They did. They, they, some good coaching happened
0: for guys. Correct, they and they. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is fair, <laughs> but like yeah. that's the recipe: is you have to make them make those adjustments, and then it becomes a winnable game. For an Arkansas team, 9.5 feels big. It would be my lean. I'm not ready to make an official pick here. But I just, when I look at this Arkansas team, I don't see the ability to do what Memphis did, what Texas Tech will be able to do, I think, if they see the Zags. I think the Zags are going to win this game because, once again, this is a a very good team, and I feel like it's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle of just trying to point out their flaws. Like At the end of the day, this Zags team... Is number one in offense efficiency now, eighth in defensive efficiency. They're extremely good. Number one in field goal percentage. Number one in field goal percentage defense. Very good around the rim. Like they're a very very good team. I just don't know if Arkansas has it in them to kind of do. I they're not built the way that I liked the way Memphis can play or Texas Tech can kind of push Zags around. So nine feels big, but I still so that that probably my lean is yeah, Arkansas plus nine and a half, but the Zags shouldn't win this game. I I don't think think, Arkansas has it in them. I think Gonzaga will win this game too. I
1: think when we talk about this again, you know, um, the the Texas Tech versus Gonzaga I think is the game. As long as Texas Tech makes it. Correct, which we'll get to here in a minute. Like, that's
0: what that matchup looks like. and,
1: And so I guess I'm foreshadowing that by saying if this is Gonzaga versus Duke, I think Gonzaga wins easily.
0: I do, too, and we'll get to why that when we talk to Texas Tech. Let's move to uh, Michigan-Villanova, which is next on the board, and then we'll get Texas Uh. Tech-Duke. Michigan-Villanova, minus 5.5, Villanova favorite. I have hit Villanova to a T. What did I say, folks? I said that this is a team that believes in the system, and you saw it last game. This is a team that came out in the second half. They had faith in their system. They didn't lose their heads. They knew that they were going to shoot very well from the free throw line they got there they went and hit some key shots they played good defense like this is a system or this is a team that believes in the system of villanova and this is why i took a future bet on them at plus 2000 this is a team that's rolling against a michigan team that has gotten hot at the right time playing very good Mm -hmm. basketball Mm -hmm. but i do have concerns about a team like villanova who believes so strongly in their system that is running it perfectly the whole machine is running in unison against a michigan team that at times is Struggled defensively, can turn over the ball, and can very, can be very hot and cold shooting the ball-wise because yeah. do they get the three-point shooting they got last game in this game? I don't think so. What do you feel on this one? So the Nova take, I have to rely on
1: you, right, because um, you're a big East fan. For me, with Michigan, if you can take Hunter out of the game, right, if you can take Dickinson Dickerson out of the game – um then you force their guards and their wings to play above their level, right? And so you you get them taking more of those crazy threes or, like, um, a little bit more of those pick and rolls that I think you're spot on. Michigan has been hitting those lately. If those don't fall, then Michigan could be looking at the other side, being down, like, seven or eight points. Um, I But this is where I rely on you, Nate. I, does Nova have a a big man down low that can handle Hunter.
0: Yeah. I I think that it's a good question. It's tough. I think that the way that Jay Wright will probably attack that if it becomes an issue is kind of that like loose zone play where you're getting help on the backside to help on that and put relying on Michigan to move the ball around to try to hit those kind of open shot. Mm-hmm. Zone defense I do think that they can guard him up down low But I have okay. a feeling that's That's what they're going to elect to do Is kind of more that off the ball help defense Down low to try to neutralize him And put it on Michigan To stay hot And knock down shots when given the opportunity If it were my i'm going villanova in this minus five and a half or minus five i should apologize um because i do believe this game is where michigan sort of starts to unravel um with a team yeah. that just I mean, doesn't make mistakes like they don't really make mistakes in villanova
1: nova is on like a six or seven game winning streak they have not lost michigan is on a little winning streak too um i guess nova can also become the like big 10 killer here right you can get rid of ohio state and michigan um, I want to say this before I, w- I would be remiss to say that performance Michigan put on against Tennessee and all rivalry aside was stellar.
0: Rick Barnes, I am I fell into that trap once again every year, <laughs> hook, line or sink. That man sucks me into buying on Tennessee. because so I'm like, at some point, it's got to be right in just an absolute like I was watching that game. I was like, I knew better. I knew better than to bet Tennessee. I knew better than that. I undersold Michigan, which is also my fault. But I overbought Rick Barnes, who is just, what, I think he's like 25 for 25 now at this point in time or something like that, like perfectly he, dead even. They sh-
1: yeah, they should, like, when Tennessee gets to the tournament, he should have to not coach. <laughs> they should let somebody else coach. <laughs> Honestly. Because here's the other thing, like, Michigan pulled away at the end there, right? But at one point, Tennessee was up a lot because they were th- – and they. St- it, this doesn't matter, they – outmatched Michigan like those players are four of the their five starters are better than Michigan starters yeah so right so now also Tennessee fans which you already know we have a vendetta against you because for whatever reason Tennessee fans uh like to hop in the mentions of Michigan State fans it's a weird phenomenon so now all that moaning about you should have been a 2C should you have been? Because you got beat by 11 seed,
0: correct? A team that probably shouldn't have been in the tournament. Now, once again, all credit due to Michigan for playing a great game and, yeah, and getting hot at the right time and knocking down shots. Game. But yeah. yeah, I agree. Tennessee is fraud city. Another sort of fraudulent thing. Since we're on it, because I think it's a fair uh, point uh, to we're bring this talk up. Talk about Providence? No, no. We're gonna talk about the Big Ten. No, okay. We're gonna stay here with the Big Ten because the Big Ten. Oh, you want to talk about Wisconsin? No, no. Let's just talk about the Big Ten overall. The last couple tournaments, the Big Ten has two two Sweet Sixteen teams out of eighteen bids over the last three years. Three, I apologize. They have three teams out of eighteen bids. They have what nine teams in this tournament? Ugh. Overrated SEC too. We're gonna get to the SEC in a moment, like I was about really to say, hard. Don't, don't, don't yeah, worry, we're, not we're gonna wrong. get there next. Yeah, but I'm getting wrong. to a point. <laughs> Big Ten overrated. SEC widely overrated. Big Twelve best basketball conference right now in the country i feel like is the most underrated least talked about in the media consistently good big 12 is outshining everybody and the acc deserves a whole lot of credit too which we'll also get to
1: so i will say this
0: on this podcast we
1: told people not to buy in on the big 10 there are a lot of there were a lot of podcasts because i listened to a few um even like well-known small ones and well-known ones who are like the Big Ten is going to do this. And, the big, and I told y'all, I knew. I knew. Nine teams were too many. Way if, too many. If, if it was a five-team <laughs> bid, and this sounds crazy because I have no way to prove this, but if it was five or six teams, I think the Big Ten would have fared better. But with nine teams,
0: it would yeah, have changed that's the matchups. Avoid,
1: yeah, it would have changed the matchups. Um, And if you don't believe me, my goodness, Wisconsin just went cold in nah. that game. They could not. Hit the broad side of a barn. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just and you can't tell me, like, play that game. Play the i my heart broke um for them because play that game a million times and Wisconsin blows Iowa State
0: out. Yeah. I'd agree with that.
1: But it, it didn't matter. On
0: that <laughs> night, didn't matter, and that's it, all that matters.
1: It matter. <laughs> uh, and a- as a state fan, like to have my representatives be Purdue and Michigan like, tears me apart.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Purdue is an interesting one, which we'll talk about. But the Big Ten has failed. The SEC has failed catastrophically. Once again, which we also said... We said that. We said that. Nailed it on the (laughs) matchups. Like, you push them a little bit off their game, they all crack under the pressure. And we've seen that. Nate Oates, I'm so tired of hearing about Nate Oates and the great coaching job he does down at Alabama. Because I, I... what what am I missing with that? That was not a good coaching job. Calipari, terrible coaching job in a year that was one of his better ones. Bruce Pearl, that game was tough. Yeah, it was. A Miami hot. play oh. good, but still Rick Barnes at Tennessee. I mean, the list goes on and on with these SEC teams constantly coming up short. I am so tired about talking to them. The Big Twelve is the best basketball conference, I think, top to bottom. ACC deserves an apology from everybody who wrote them off because they played some very good basketball in the tournament. But my right. opinion and my big takeaway is the Big 12 is way too underrated for the second year in a row,
1: I think. I can see that. That You touched on it a little bit. That Auburn-Miami game, that was another heartbreaker. though. It was just tough yeah. to watch. Um, Like, I cut it off, not because like I'm a fan of the Tigers or I'm a fan of the Hurricanes. It was just a hard game to watch, and you could see those players trying and just not, it just not working out for them. Yep. My thing there is, I USC losing to Miami is oh. unacceptable.
0: <laughs> unacceptable. Yeah. We were going back and forth on that one. The group tags. that was oh, that was rough for USC. <laughs> you th- I,
1: honestly. USC should have to fire their coaching staff for that.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think that's that <laughs> outrageous of a take. I, <laughs> terrible. I mean, Jim Lanega once again, though, coming up when it matters come tournament time, coming up big. Um, once again, and this Miami team's rolling.
1: Rolling. Oh, my! Miami should beat Iowa State. I guess we'll talk about that a little bit, but they should. We will. Uh, <sighs> Whoa, Let's talk
0: Texas Tech Duke. Um, Unless you got something else in the Villanova-Michigan game. We got a little no, off topic there. This,
1: not, not, nothing in the Villanova-Michigan game. I just want to say one more place we were right. Now, I was wrong about the team because I said it was Rutgers. But I was right that whoever came out of that Notre Dame-Ruckers would beat Alabama because you touched on it. Correct. We told y'all yep. <laughs> we t- that Alabama had no no business being a 6-seed and they were going to lose. When did we talk about like embarrassing performances – if you if you're in if you're a 6C and you lose to the 11C and it's you know 78-75 or you know something close that's fine. When you lose 78-64, you shouldn't have been there.
0: No. I, I think the new motto for this podcast at least when it comes to March Madness is when we miss, we miss big. But when we hit, we are pinpoint dead shot accurate with our analysis on these games cuz I can go down the list on bracket games where we hit and it was like 2 a T— Telling you exactly how it was going to play out. And then when we missed, we missed yeah, very big. Missed, <laughs> like, there's no, there's been no in between right now. It's no. just pinpoint accurate actually- or wildly off. <laughs>
1: Our brackets would look better if there were more in between. <laughs> yeah, very much did. so. We we sold on everything.
0: Yep, hard. Sold <laughs> hard on everything. And I guess from a betting perspective, it worked because you got to pick your shots. The motto this March is we're being lethal. Like with college football, I throw out a lot of bets. And generally, we stay in a very good range. For co- college basketball, we're being lethal with this um, and picking our shots. Villanova is a shot I'm going to pick at minus five. It's one of the few bets I'm committing to on the podcast today. Um, but Villanova is my pick there. I just I think this is kind of where Michigan falls apart. I think they were riding high with kind of the energy of Juwan Howard coming back after the Greg Gargan incident. End of the, the Big Ten tournament there. Got good. Yeah. You got a week of rest to kind of cool down here. You're playing a team that doesn't really turn over the ball. One of the lowest turnover ball... Teams in the country that believes heavily in a system that is incredibly well coached and just doesn't have a lot of flaws to their game. Um, so I like Villanova on that side. Yeah, let's let's. I, I like
1: Villanova too, but let's talk Texas Tech, dude. This dude, is the this I is am the game. Excited yep. to watch this. I'm glad, dude.
0: We're just on the same page. When I looked at this board, I was like, "This is like marquee television. Set your watches to this. This is an awesome matchup." Minus uh, one is Texas Tech, or favorite, which I was a little surprised about. But when you think about it, I can make it go either way. Um, Over under 137.5. Where do you lean on this game? Why do you like this game so much?
1: So I like this game so much um, for two reasons. One, Texas Tech is a big defense team, right? But Duke can score. So who is going to break first? Texas Tech doesn't score you know, a lot of points. Duke score has almost scores 80 points where Texas tech scores about 72, 71 points. Is Texas tech defense going to be enough to keep Duke out of the paint? If you watch that Michigan state game, while Tom Izzo had a plan, that plan fell apart once their guards got going and it took a little while for their guards to get going. So can Texas tech keep their guards out of the paint? And if you do keep their guards out of the paint, can you handle whatever perimeter threat duke is going to rely on um the other reason i like this this matchup is because um of what we talked about before i think if texas tech gets over this hump of duke that they have a pretty good path to get to the final four and i really want to see that gonzaga texas tech
0: I agree. This game is so awesome. Um, if you listen to our bracket breakdown show, you know I have Texas Tech in the Final Four. You know I had them matched up against Duke here. And you know I have them, unfortunately, beating a UConn team that was way too big. Like I said, when I missed, I missed big. <laughs> but um, this is perfect because this matchup is exactly what we talk about when we talk about tournament basketball. We the The kind of baseline logic is defense always travels, offense is tough mm. to bet on. And this is exactly what you have on. You cannot script a more perfect philosophy when it comes to defense versus offense. Texas Tech, number 1 efficiency defense in the country. Absolutely. Number 1 in field goal percentage allowed. Number 1 in least amount of near uh proximity shots to the rim allowed. Number 4 in uh least percentage of near near proximity shots hit. This team is f- virtually flawless. They give up the ninth least amount of shots per 100 trips from the field goal, field goal attempts per 100 trips. And then when you flip it, you look at this Duke team, who's third in the nation at field goal percentage. They're 11th in near proximity field goal attempts per 100 tri- trips. So they score and they score extremely well. They're ninth percentage-wise in that near proximity amount, so they convert those. These teams are perfectly balanced when we talk about and Duke is fourth most efficient offense in the country, all according to Hadland Metro. And their defense, Duke's defense is nothing to sneeze at either. They're in the top Correct.
1: 50 for defenses, too. Yeah. yeah. No, so, nothing to
0: sniff at. But when we're talking about yeah. elite defense versus elite offense, elite offense, this yeah. is the matchup. This is for all the marbles on those kind of talking points. You just also reminded me. So, Texas Tech, you're, we, we're
1: talking about us selling out. Texas Tech sells out on defense, which can sometimes lead their opponents to going to the charity stripe a lot. And,
0: you don't want to send Duke to the line. Correct. I I don't—100% correct. Now, the the thing that—and the reason I think I lean Texas Tech in this game and why I like it is Duke's defense, which has not been bad, as we said, throughout the season, but it has been, been bad as of late. When you look at the ACC tournament, what Virginia Tech was able to do, when you look at their kind of games in the tournament here, Michigan State game, you know, Michigan State failed to cover. I still don't know how that was happening at the end of the game. But even Michigan State offensively was able to get to get at it with Duke. This is a Duke defense that in the last five or six games has not shown championship level defense. Has not shown kind of elite tournament defense, and that does make me concerned. If you're a Duke backer against a Texas team that is not wildly proficient offensively we're not going to say they're like some elite offensive team but they're good enough that at the the level of duke if they don't get it right in this week leading up to this it it could be a long night for them if they're relying completely on their offense with how good texas Tech's defense is but that's because i also buy the philosophy defense travels in the tournament i'd rather bet on that in a game like this
1: yeah, un- one thing that I think is very important here that we bring up, even if Texas Tech gets down, unlike in the Michigan State game where it, Michigan State struggled to, to either string together stops or turn Duke over, Texas Tech will not have that problem. While they may go on the scoring drought, they definitely will be able to turn Duke over or string together a couple st- stops. So even if they get down by six or eight, I I wouldn't worry.
0: Yeah, uh, same. and. Uh... This is why I think I'm leaning Texas Tech. I haven't made a a pick in this game yet, but it's... I mean, it's a beautiful matchup. This is such an awesome game. It puts all the theories to test. um, And yes, a small sample size of one game, but it's perfect. (laughs) And I do think this is probably Coach K's last game. Um, If we're we're being honest about it, I think just because I buy into the defensive philosophy, I just... Duke has to clean up their defense. It, what they have done defensively the last five, six games is not going to win them this game. They're going to have to play better.
1: Yeah. And, and like I, you said, Michigan State, they didn't cover and they didn't finish their game plan out. And I think that has more to do with personnel than coaching, although I saw on Twitter coaching, but I was like, no, I think the game plan was there. Michigan yeah. State players just didn't execute. But Michigan State gave you, like you said, gave you a blueprint for this. If you can, one, keep their guards out of the paint, which we already talked about. It, Texas can Tech be does difficult, a great
0: job, though, with but that. But Texas
1: Tech does a great job. And if you can spread Duke out, spread them out and force them to take those long threes. I agree. I'm, I'm 100% in lockstep here with you. Also, uh, I, this is what I don't know. Maybe you don't know. Uh, I don't know what tr- Texas Tech looks like in transition uh, because that is also a big. Thing
0: against Duke, but you may
1: not need it again if your defense is elite. You may not need the transition. Yeah, I
0: don't know if you'll need it, but it, it's yeah. a good. Yeah, I I don't have a good one on that one. Um, we'll see. It's a good point to look out for. Let's talk about Houston, Arizona. Another pretty 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 solid game. Um, the spread is one and a half. Arizona's a favorite. Over under is 45 and a half. Houston has dudes. That is the biggest takeaway I've taken from their first two games. This is a physical, aggressive. Team that just has dudes playing basketball everywhere. Like they just have those guys that say, F it. If you're beating us, it's going to hurt. And then you have an Arizona team that has been arguably the hottest team coming into the tournament and staying hot in the tournament. I don't yeah. think that's a very you're controversial statement.
1: you are living up to their hype, right?
0: I 100% agree with that. I did not buy as heavily into the hype. I did have them advancing until the lead eight, but I thought they were a little overrated. But they have played extremely good basketball. Houston, a team that eleventh top efficiency offense, tenth top efficiency defense, going against an Arizona team that's hot. What do you make of this game? What do you like here?
1: I, so I don't want this to happen because I have Arizona in the championship in my bracket. But Houston has nothing to lose, and as a as a person who team has been to the Final Four a few times. You never want to play teams that have nothing to lose. I agree. With and that. like you said, they they have guys, and even if they are losing, it, it's not going to feel like they're losing. And this is one of those games that my dad always tells me to watch out for because even if Arizona wins this game, right, if Houston took everything out of them to win this game, you know, is it worth it for Arizona? Because then you go out in the next game and get Blasted by either Nova or Michigan, right?
0: Yeah, I I think I like. I don't have
1: any like. I don't. I don't have any uh, like stats or anything on this. This is just a gut feeling. Like I think Arizona may not be ready for Houston. This doesn't mean that Houston will win, but I will not be surprised if they do win.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm not surprised. I have wholeheartedly underestimated Houston, and I'm not doing that any longer because I am just so impressed with the way they played those first two games in the tournament. It, it was a insanely good coaching job. It was an insanely good effort job. It was a physical team. It was a good basketball team. Completely undervalued them. Arizona I unvalued a little bit here, I think. I, I thought they were a little bit overrated, but they have been extremely good and efficient. This is a game I don't like making a pick in it from a betting standpoint because I could. I'm really. It's like a ping pong ball going around in my head on this one. If you put a gun to my head, I think I'm going with probably the better team, which would be Arizona. Arizona, but yeah. Houston once again, and you, you're 100 percent right. Has nothing. They're playing with house money at this point. They yeah, have I a fucking mentality. They have, like they're just they're yeah, ready to go.
1: <laughs> two of their two of their key players are hurt. Right. right? They're playing. Yeah. So, Houston has literally nothing to lose. And don't forget, this was a team that not too long ago was in the Final Four, right?
0: Oh, God, my brain's going to do them.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't, don't quote don't me on that, that one. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's I cr- so. correct. I, but think that's correct. <laughs> I think that's correct. I think that's
0: correct. It sounds vaguely familiar. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of um, remember uh, that,
1: but. I I think the other thing, too, is like, Houston and Gonzaga, right, are you only teams left in the tournament that um, are very efficient on both offense and defense mm-hmm. um and so i think that's ken palm too um with that said i think this is a game where we may see like a bunch of points scored
0: yeah that's quite possible like you said both teams are houston is very efficient in defense and offense but yeah there could be a lot the over could be probably to be the bet here if you had to make a bet, but if you had
1: to make a yeah, this is one of those games I'm gonna stay away. I have no correct
0: I'm not making a I'm not (laughs) making a a bet or a pick here. You said gun in my head, I I would like I said, I'd go with the better team because you know they play the game a hundred times. Arizona's the better team, but like it's tough. I, I would stay away from it.
1: Yeah. Now I have a question for you. Tell me why the Friars will beat the Jayhawks.
0: First, I would like the apologies from the entire sports media and gambling community to start at my door and I can just get a parade of apologies in. I have told you all, everybody, I've been perfectly right, making money with Providence, that this buying into the luck factor was a terrible idea. And now people are going like, oh, they're playing with borrowed time house money, yada, yada, yada. They're in the Sweet 16, folks. They're Big East regular season champions. That narrative is dead. You were wrong. Just admit it. I can admit when I'm wrong. You all need to admit when you're wrong. This team knows how to play good basketball. Ed Cooley is doing a phenomenal job coaching, and they are a team similar to Villanova where they have trust in the system they're running. They have trust in one another. They do not get down on themselves. They know that no matter how Grim things look that they always have a, a fighter's chance because they got a guy in Bynum who can hit big time shots. They've got a point guard who is incredibly efficient in running that offense. They have guys down low that are giving them good production defensively and offensively. The problem is, is they're running in to a very good, slightly under talked about Kansas team. But I guess this would be my question back because I do like Providence plus seven and a half. But mm-hmm. I guess my question back is: Is this not the perfect Bill Self fail game in March? Is this yeah. not the perfect yep. pothole for a team that should make a Final Four, going up against a team that everybody has written off forever? Like this is the perfect Bill Self brains a puddle type of game, is it not? Yeah, we're
1: this is again we're sharing the the same brain. <laughs> As much as we gushed over Texas Tech, right? As much as we did, Kansas thrashed Texas Tech.
0: Correct. And their top six efficiency offense, top 13 efficiency defense, got a lot of good advanced metrics, has played fantastic well, under-talked about, I think, or under-appreciated. And
1: that's what – so my problem with Providence, and we'll talk about the bet, my problem with Providence is – not being consistent from three. And I don't think you can beat Kansas without having solid three-point shooting. You're going to need – because Kansas is going to score. They're very efficient in scoring. And Kansas is one of those teams, Bill Self will trade baskets with you all night.
0: It, it, it's very true. that he will, he will have absolutely no problem doing that. Um, but if you've watched – providence basketball at all this year and you've seen games where the friars need a bucket or they're trading baskets and there are big time shot opportunities here jared bitum has almost virtually always stepped up he is a player that gets you a bucket when you need it he's a player that breaks momentum he is a player that has always played above the moment Jared Bynum, for anybody who's watched Providence basketball, knows exactly what I'm talking about. And this is where you kind of... And they could get absolutely blown out in this game and thrashed. I'm not saying that isn't impossible because there are some streakiness. But this is the perfect example of why you can't just look at all the metrics. You have to also watch the game and kind of use a mixture of both. Because the Xavier game, perfect example, because I watched that so intently. That man could not miss anything. He just kept unloading on this team he's hitting about 50 percent from three away and from home i think it's i forget what it is but he's he's shooting 75 percent from the field 41 percent from three but it's like anytime they need a moment anytime there's a moment that they need a bucket or they need a big shot i swear the kid always delivers yeah. um i think this game is going to be close kansas
1: not really great against the spread this year. Yeah. Um, I don't um I think this game is going to be close on one thing and one thing only. Providence um is a big team and matches up well with Kansas size wise. I think the scoring like I alluded to earlier is going to be the issue for them. I would if this is like a four point five point game, I wouldn't be surprised. I I guess I'm going into this saying, Nate that I have no um I'm not thinking that Providence has a chance to win, but I do think Providence has a chance to keep this game close.
0: I agree with that. I don't necessarily think they're going to win, and I wouldn't even be overly shocked if Kansas comes in here and absolutely just bludgeons them to death potentially, which isn't great, but like, I'm going to keep riding with this Providence team. They've made me a lot of money. They keep showing the world up, and you are right. Down low, they are good and physical. Nate Watson is not getting pushed mm-hmm. around. He plays perfectly for what they're going to need down low 610 260 he's not going to get bullied down low he gives you really good minutes down low um and this is a team that like i said when you watch the games i get a different impression than the media narrative of like this team is because they're number one in luck metric throw it out the window it's just it's It's not even it's not even part of my like it's not even... P- correct. Yeah, and people just, have been betting know. against them and losing money hand over fist. And it, it's just... It's dumb. I like them to keep seven and a half. Is it a risky play? Yes. I'm going to see what the market does. Like, I'm not committing to it right now because I want to see if we get more points on this. If we get less, it's going to depend on where I'm at. So make sure you're following at Trophy Kids Pod on, on Twitter and Instagram for the picks. Um, but yeah, this Providence team, we've been saying it, people are, telling blue in the face, this is a damn good basketball team. And they have, I think we, I asked the question a couple weeks ago, what level do they have to have success wise to, to kind of get rid of all the doubt? And I don't think that's going to happen because we're seeing it on Twitter now, like they're playing with house money. This is it. People are going to come out after this game and be like, I see, I told you I'm saying no. That's what people said with San Diego State. So they said in their second game, they played great basketball. They're in the Sweet 16. They're regular season Big East champions. This is a damn good basketball that team.
1: Even get me started on the ugh, San Diego State
0: <sighs> losing. they South Dakota State. Sorry. To Providence oh, game.
1: No, I knew they would blow South Dakota. Who who had them losing against South Dakota State? So
0: many people were like, South Dakota State could give this team a game, the way they run and their offense, and it was no. like... I did think Rich. I mean, we talked about it in the text. I did think Richmond was going to keep that. I thought Providence would win,
1: but I thought Richmond was going to keep that game What's way that? closer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, oh, go ahead. We
1: got to talk about uh, Purdue and St. Peter's. <sighs> <laughs> we have to.
0: We do. We do.
1: Whatever we say on this podcast, I, I want to put this disclaimer out. Whatever we say, the exact opposite is going to happen in that game.
0: We do. All right. Let's talk about it here. Let's okay.
1: talk. We're going to be – I'm going to be real quick. So, Purdue is a team I've watched all year, right? So, here, Purdue turns the ball over a lot, and we saw St. Peter's capitalize that, capitalize on that on both Kentucky and Murray State. Um, Here's why just – gut check <laughs> – why this game should be a blowout, I don't think St. Peter's has anyone on their team that is as big as
0: Purdue's front court. I haven't looked at the height, but yeah, just going off eye test, I agree. Yeah. I, I, this is one of those things. We've seen it in the tournament before. George Mason, or Roberts, various teams. The Purdue team we talked about their ability to potentially get out coached that is very yeah. likely here yeah. we have <laughs> we have talked about their ability to turn over the ball in key spots or being very streaky uh, i don't see how st. peter's wins this game on paper right. but the game isn't played on paper so i'm not incredibly it's 12 and a half point spread am i betting this game no am i no. going into this game expecting st. peter's to to once again pull off another miracle? No. Am I going to be overly shocked if the Purdue Boilermakers, for a lack of a better word, pee down their leg <laughs> and mess this game up? No. I'm not going to be entirely shocked. But they should murder this team.
1: So the... The other thing about St. Peter's, right, is they they love to turn teams over, but they get a lot of reach-in fouls or a lot of like ticky-tack fouls. And Kentucky, this is... Kentucky could not hit free throws for whatever reason. I don't know why, but Purdue is a good free throw shooting well, team. Well, this
0: is what we saw with Texas and Purdue, and people, which yeah, I I get the officiating show, and I mean you oh, could blindly throw we a could dart. Do a
1: whole... We do a whole podcast just on how bad the officiating has been. And
0: it's been that way for years. This is not a new phenomenon, um, to say the least. But um, the, the Texas-Purdue game got a lot of heat because of the insane lopsidedness of field goals. But if you looked at that game before that game, Texas is a very aggressive team. That's a lot of fouls. Purdue draws a ton of fouls yes. throughout the season, and then they hit their free throws. That is the similar dynamic in this game because you hit it perfectly. This is a team that is aggressive in St. Peter's. Why not? They've got nothing to lose. They do get a lot of reaching fouls, but this is a team that is incredibly lethal from the free throw, and they're going to get there a lot, and I think yes. we're probably going to see a very similar dynamic Maybe not. Maybe we'll see the NCAA, which would be bad. They might overcompensate for how much heat they've been getting, but I doubt it. <laughs>
1: but yeah, and that's the other thing too. Like, you, when you watch that game, like Murray State just fell apart. Yeah. Right. And because K- Kentucky had chances to put the game away, they just didn't Correct. hit their free throws. Right. Murray State, I don't know what happened to Murray State. They just kind of fell apart. I don't think, and this is not even me giving a lot of credit to Painter, but. I can't see a Murray State collapse. This doesn't mean that St. Peter's can't win without uh, Purdue collapsing, but I don't think that coaching will happen. I think, if anything, what will happen in this game for St. Peter's to win, because we've seen them, they pull everyone off that bench, is a game of attrition with Purdue. Yep. And if you can turn, again, like you said, Purdue turns the ball over in key spots. Not just turn the ball, because there are a lot of turnover-happy teams here, but Purdue will turn the ball over when they need
0: to actually score to keep the game close. Correct. I agree. I 100% agree with that. Um, Two games left. We can talk about them quickly here. UNC-UCLA. UNC. UNC, Beautiful mastery job on Baylor. Facing a UCLA team, Mick Cronin. I I didn't like the guy because at UC, but I got to give him his dues. This man can coach basketball. He is coaching, okay? He can coach basketball. This is elite-level coaching. Does that coaching beat what we have seen from this North Carolina offense and what they've been able to do here since that Duke home game to wrap up the end of the ACC season?
1: Yes, I think this is a game. North Carolina has the talent. North Carolina has the scoring. North Carolina has the offense at like you just said. This is a game coach versus coach. And I'm taking Mick every time on this. I think you see look, we told you, we told y'all that UCLA not only was going to beat Saint Mary's, but beat them handily. We told you. I put money on it. I on put the podcast. bet out
0: there on Twitter. I put my own hard earned cash on we, it. I put my reputation on it. Oh, we did. Hundred percent read that game. Once again. Precision when we hit. <laughs> yeah,
1: I knew that UCLA was going to do that. And look, UCLA had more problem, uh, more problems with a small Akron team than they did with St. Mary's. Yeah. Um, I think this. I don't know what the spread is on this.
0: It's two and a half. Uh, UCLA is the favorite.
1: I I just think when it comes down to the X's and O's, we I gotta go UCLA.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree. This is also a team, UCLA, that is incredibly good at eliminating second chance opportunities. Mm-hmm. They are fifth in least amount of second chance opportunities according to metrics and they are first in percentage allowed off that like hundred trips or whatever. This is a team that limits those second shot opportunities, which is a very good thing to have in a game like this. When you are going, when you are facing a team. That is superior from an athletic and offensive standpoint, I think, to you, and has the ability to really kind of pour it on teams if they're hitting on all cylinders. I'm with you. I, I think it comes simply down to I am betting in Mick to with this amount of time to draw up a game plan against UNC that will push UCLA through. It, that's that's my read on it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Another thing, too, both these teams are this way. <sighs> both UCLA and North Carolina cannot have mediocre games in order to win. They will lose, which will be interesting if they both have mediocre games playing against each other to see. That's when coaching will come yep. into. Yeah. Um, because under be UCLA a play here
0: too. <laughs>
1: yeah. If UCLA isn't firing on all cylinders, then they kind of fall apart, but the same is true for North Carolina, more true, more so for North Carolina. I agree um, with that. uh, They also I don't think North Carolina is gonna be able to turn UCLA over as much as they did Baylor. My god, Baylor cannot hold on to the ball.
0: Terrible. (laughs) God-awful, atrocious basketball. That was it was embarrassing to watch. (laughs) Yeah. Um, if UCLA can get over the 50%
1: mark um in offense, this game is over. I don't think North Carolina will let that happen. Cause I don't think they've let mo- many teams get over 50%. But if that happens, if at any point in the game that happens, I think it's over. Um, and I don't, the other thing, right. And this is why I love marquee matchups, UCLA, North Carolina, neither one of those schools are afraid of the team on a Jersey. No,
0: God, no, nah. <laughs> so. absolutely not. Um, oh, I agree with all those points. Last game I got here for you. Iowa State, Miami. The line is two and a half. Miami is the favorite. Over-under set at 133. I Larinaga and Miami have got a storm rolling at the perfect time. Yeah. And Iowa State, a team that has really high highs, I think, but also has some really low lows, and they generally play more if you drew a line between those below the Meaning of good i think in my opinion but this is a team that we've seen at times can be really really good where yeah. are you on this game how do you make that, this one neither one of these teams should be here is where i'm at <laughs> they're I like mean, miami got hot at the right time and jim larry did
1: beautiful yeah, job right. again miami did get hot at the right time and that's true um but Johnny, this should be Johnny Davis and Wisconsin here, and Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin just again, fellow. I mean, I've, I've said it a million times, but a, a heartbreaking performance, really. Yeah. Um, for that. Um, where am I leaning on this game? This is one of those games. Like, I probably won't even watch this game. Like, <laughs> I have no. I'm not interested in it. Um, it I'm just being honest. Like, I, like people, I, like I joke the gonzaga versus arizona for the championship there's not a joke i'm really not interested in that, that yeah. game either so, but um i think shooting percentage is going to be a, a huge problem for iowa state oh
0: yeah <laughs> like this is a team plays very good defense and at times can show good offense but when i look at the entire sample size of the season Oh, man, is it a nauseating to look at their advanced stats from an offensive standpoint. It is brutal, and that is why I do think I lean Miami. I take a coach who's a veteran, an elite coach at times in March. I take the team that is hot here, a team that offensively over the course of the season has played well. I mean, their fifth in field goal percentage. They knock down their shots. Uh, i That's the team I lean with here on a 2.5-point spread because Iowa State is not nearly consistent enough. If they were more consistent... Yeah, maybe I take Iowa State. Neither one of these yeah. teams are wildly consistent. No, but it, Miami's been better, I think.
1: Iowa State will win this game if you could if
0: defense is score. That is right? that is true. Yeah.
1: I agree with that. But I, I don't but, think that's gonna
0: necessarily happen here.
1: <laughs> yeah. To you know to hold Johnny Davis to seventeen points is not a not a small feat.
0: No. It's great defense. Don't get me wrong. It's just that offense ability is really slacking and there's not a consistency to it. If there was a consistency to it. Yeah, sure. Maybe you're outside of the yeah. first weekend. There's a lot of emotions in that first weekend of the tournament. There's a lot of things. Once we get into this kind of the cream sort of rises to the top. Not that any of these teams are necessarily the cream of the crop, but I think the Miami hurricanes are the better team. And I think that's generally what you're going to see in these matchups here
1: yeah i and for that next round of matchups like whoever they play like it doesn't matter which in my opinion and again i've been wrong a lot on this podcast but in my opinion it doesn't matter who they play kansas or providence they are going to blow out either iowa state or miami
0: i agree i 100 percent agree with that
1: (laughs) so um but yeah i there's some good basketball this this weekend for sure um don't let Nate tell you to take Virginia
0: Tech. He won't even talk about Virginia Tech. You see, we didn't talk about it. So. <laughs> Man, was that a miss on my part. That was... I was sitting there pretty early in that game and just had that oh shit moment. Like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done here uh, for this one? But yeah, no, that was a bad miss. I have I mean, 8-3 and three isn't bad from a, a, a betting standpoint, giving out picks. We've been... It's pretty good. I'll take that every day and twice on Sunday um, for opening week of college basketball. We picked our shots there. We nailed a couple. That was a bad read. Thank God it didn't do Illinois because that would have been a bad read too. But I was high on that Illinois team. Tennessee was a terrible read, and I'll yeah. I'll die with UAB in that pick I gave out because those twelve, whatever. those
1: five twelve matchups
0: because the, the ones we didn't
1: call are obviously the ones that have oh, Like damn. that New Mexico, like you want to talk about
0: the big 10. I have a huge bone to pick with UConn. Oh, mm. UConn did me so dirty, <laughs> so dirty. But I also said that I said, this team is either going to blow up in the first round, like absolutely trip over themselves, or they're going to march all the way to like the elite. Eight. It's it, yeah, there's I, no in between with that team. So I I, in some ways I was that. right, but in a lot of ways, completely wrong. <laughs>
1: I, I fully believe if that was UConn versus Arkansas, UConn would have won that game. Yeah. Fully believe. Because that's what I put in my bracket. Correct.
0: That I It they would have, <laughs> And then I believe they would have beaten the Zags because they're very physical down low. But once again, it was, they were complete hit or miss. A hundred percent. There was no, they were, they were our podcast. There was no in between that UConn team, no, which I did oh say.
1: I, you know, Michigan State beat UConn earlier in the year and it seemed like, at times in that New Mexico State game that UConn
0: just kind of forgot that they needed to play defense. Yeah. Oh, they, they have complete blunders where you you leave yourself head-scratching, which I believe I said on the podcast, like, <laughs> what are they doing out there? Like, I, I honestly don't know. Like, Hurley just, like, has an aneurysm for, like, 20 minutes in the game, and then he comes back to life, and, like, oh, now you're coaching again, and the team's playing coherent basketball. But you don't get those 20 minutes back. <laughs> yeah, you don't.
1: And then they couldn't even pull back in. Well, we're spending way too much time on the the or infuriating yeah, loss. The misgivings one. of yeah. the Yukon. That was one I was true. I was very upset about um, that one. I couldn't even be mad at St. Peter's being my national champion because <laughs> Kentucky had no so
0: ridiculous. That that Kentucky happened. had
1: no business losing that game. Um, Indiana getting embarrassed by St. Mary's. I think you shouldn't. You should – the people who picked that upset – I couldn't believe how many people picked that upset. That's yeah. not – yeah. My Again, mine will be Creighton versus San Diego State where I literally were –
0: I was chewing on my fingernails. Now, I told I told people Creighton was going to win that. <laughs> I also told TCU that was the easiest game of my entire life. TCU bet was I could – I didn't even have to watch that Seton Hall TCU game. I knew immediately. I should have listened game. to you. Yeah, we that, talked
1: about it. I, I should have listened to I you. I should
0: have taken a loan out on that one. I was a hundred percent dead set. No shot was uh, Seton Hall lose or winning that game. Not a shot. They no. got embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like the writing was all over the wall. And this is like one of those things where, like, because I watched the Big East so much, I just know this going in. Like, there was no. They were so. I. The fact that they were even an eight seed was ridiculous. That team was barely getting across the finish line.
1: Also, don't get so high and mighty on the Creighton-San Diego State. It was 72-69.
0: I agree. Oh, it wasn't like the best call. Yeah. I just had yeah. Creighton. I just said Creighton was going to win that game. I agree. That that could have gone multiple a multitude <laughs> of ways, but I'm just saying I had it. <laughs> I was very wrong in Iowa, as everybody was. Um, no, and we don't have Tim here, but Tim made a good
1: point. We all knew, all three of us knew, that McCaffrey had not made it out the first weekend ever. Yep. And how dare we? How dare we get on this podcast and say, oh, yeah, Iowa should win that game?
0: Yep, I agree. I mean, at we, least we I didn't know. have them in the final four like some other people did. And, like, Ooh. there were people Ooh. I've seen all over social media that had Iowa very, very far.
1: Have they ever watched Iowa? Play? Remember no. when Iowa was the number one team in the country and they got bounced on the second weekend? Dude, there's, a, this there's two two a group. I don't country? know who they
0: are. They, like, work for the overtime or something. It's, like, three dudes who sit around, like what I can only describe as, like, a table you see in, like, an elementary classroom, and they uh, there's, like, two of them who had Iowa all the way through to the, f- like, final. I think one had them had him winning the national championship, and my brain almost exploded when I came across No. <laughs> Fran can't coach
1: that much. No. He, you, Fran enough. has been running the same game plan forever. You yeah. get a big body in the middle, and then make sure he can pass to wings that can shoot. it is a very easy thing to stop now one thing that iowa had this year that i don't think they had in years past is that they were fast but being fast doesn't really matter if you can't score
0: iowa is (laughs) like the kroger bram coca-cola to purdue being coke like they want to be coke so bad and that's what they basically base it off of and it's fine sometimes you go you, you drink it when you need it 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 tastes fine it's good but at the end of the day when you're really wanting to quench your thirst the coke comes through and it doesn't even come through that much but that's what they want to do they're trying to be a purdue and they're an off they're off brand purdue and they just yeah. they they fail every time and we we um, knew that and we still we put knew them. yes we knew
1: it we did that fran mccaffrey probably he's i mean he's above 500 so i guess can't really say that he should be fired but he yeah. needs new
0: assistants. Yeah, he needs some better needs. guys to coach up below him for sure. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, anything else before we wrap this up? Crazy game. Never buying into the Rick Burns hype again. Ever. 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 Ever, <laughs> ever. 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 I tell myself that now, and then next year, this week again, I'll be on here being like, I bought in again. <laughs> I'm a sucker. The last
1: thing I want to to leave with is there are a few people in my mentions who are like, you made us pick davison over michigan state i want y'all go back and watch that game okay that game could have went either way it it could have been an upset very quickly so i don't want to hear it yep i was glad michigan state won but if you tell me to pick that game a hundred times i'm not picking michigan state
0: i agree yeah probably the same way that i had (laughs) davidson as well which i'm sorry once again for the vast part, we we miss big. We miss big, but on that game, but I'm I would not even calling that. Yeah, that's a the miss. one that I would say. Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not owning that one. We were wrong. I I own that 100. percent okay. I apologize for that. But no, that that game could have gone our way pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, that's not a miss. I'm not yeah. gonna call that one a miss. All right, so that works. Make sure you're following at Trophy Kids Pod on Twitter and Instagram for more bets this week. Hopefully, we can keep it rolling. I think we did a great job with those breakdowns. And as always, peace. Peace.